it came to my notice through the bank that I have issued some checks which I hadn't. And, you know, that was the last check that would ever be cleared from my bank. And I was so arrogant. I used to say, you know what, if I don't work for another 10 years, I can still maintain the lifestyle that I have. Now, imagine from that to no money in the bank and clueless. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and take the risk reduction assessment I've created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guests, Priya Kumar. Priya, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely. I was just saying before I turned on the recorder that I just feel from your energy that I've just in the couple of minutes that we were talking before we turned on that this is going to be a fun time. <laughs> yes, so. I so, in uh, hindsight, it all seems fun. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Priya Kumar is an internationally acclaimed motivational speaker, best-selling author, and now screenwriter. She's written 15 inspirational books that have won 42 international awards. She's worked with over 2,000 multinational corporates across 47 countries and has touched over 3 million people through her workshops and books. Priya has written over 700 columns for national and international publications. Her work has been extensively featured by the media in India and abroad, and she's been invited as a celebrity guest on several business, entertainment, and reality shows. Priya was awarded the Times of India's Speaking Tree Good Karma Award as India's most inspirational author. My goodness, Priya, take a minute and fill in with us about the value that you bring to this wonderful world. Thank you for the lovely introduction and thank you for what you do. I have great admiration for your work and especially that it's serving people, you know, because money is such a big issue. Mm. And I tell you, my purpose or something that drives me, you know, like sometimes people question the purpose is to help people realize that it's okay, you know, to take life as it comes. You can still find a way to be your best. And that best is always on an improvement scale. What you think today is, oh, this was wonderful. There is still more. And I am absolutely driven to help people discover more of themselves. And I feel that is a limitless bank, you know, and I like to do that with personal examples with real stories, with real applications. So I'm not a theory person that I read this in a book, sounds good, so you should do it. I prove it by my journey and, you know, also set it right in that context. And it's just so magical to see people move past, you know, the obstacles that they have created for themselves and find ways to be their best self. So that is something that drives me, something that is a value that keeps me going despite all odds. It's fascinating, the idea of kind of continuous improvement. And I'll, I'll share a story that my regular listeners know about me, which is when I was 16, I was in a lot of trouble with drugs and alcohol in high school back in America. And basically, I went through three different rehabs to try to get clean. And when I left the final rehab, it was 
June of 1983. And basically, it's basically been 40 years since I've had any alcohol or drugs in my life, which is amazing. So that, that worked well, number one. But what I really got the hook on with what you said is that like your life can get better and better. And for 40 years, I just have kept going and trying to bring something better into my life and into my impact on the people around me. And it just gets better, but it doesn't get painless. Yeah. We have pain. We have struggles. I, you know, lost my sister. I lost my father. I've had ups and downs in business and all that, but I can still say that life gets better and better. Because you can't get rid of pain. Pain is part of the process of life. So I just love that idea of trying to continually improve ourselves. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you. And let me just ask you before we get into the big question, I've got another question. What's the best way for people to engage with you to kind of see what you're, what you're talking about? You know, is it through one of your books? Is it through Instagram? Is it through LinkedIn? Or is it through your website? What's the best way? My books are a great medium because I tell stories that inspire, real stories, you know, very well created. I can be reached on Instagram, Twitter, my website, LinkedIn. Well, yes, I try to be everywhere, wherever (laughs) I know that people are seeking, you know, some ideas or people are seeking tools for improvement. I'm there. Okay. And we'll have links to all that in the show notes. And ladies and gentlemen, if you just go to Amazon, you can see some of her books right there. In fact, this is an interesting one, which I just was thinking how attractive it is, but it's called, I will go with you, the flight of a lifetime. But I just want to read this because I thought it was just so well-crafted. What happens when a pilot entrusted with the lives of hundreds of passengers loses his mind and decides that life is not worth it and chooses to end his life, taking all the passengers and crew with him? The 300 passengers boarding the flight, SL-502 from Dubai to New York, believe, like the rest of us, that flying is the safest mode of travel. They haven't the faintest clue that the pilot in the driver's seat has decided to end his life midair by committing suicide. Well, not every passenger is unaware of impending danger. There is in the flight an astrologer humoring his fellow passengers with some predictions when he realizes that there is something deadly in common with all these predictions. (laughs) Wow. It's a great book. It's a great book. It talks about, you know, the main idea, of course, it's a thriller. It's an inspirational, spiritual thriller. But the main point of the book is, does it end with life? I mean, does it end when the body dies or is there more? And that is the exploration. And that is an idea which I have found people have agreed with. And therefore, it's liberating. Exciting. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes for those of you who are listening or watching. So, but let's get into the story. Now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, it starts from the fact that I don't know about others, but I am very, when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, I'm pretty daft. You know, it's like, I know how to earn it. I know how to spend it. But the other stuff I have no clue about. And thank God for my mother who manages my finances till date. If it wouldn't have been for her, I don't know what I would have done. You know, so I'll tell you one of the 
worst mistakes, which I learned the hard way. You know, I had an accountant. I mean, I have a small business. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't understand money. I feel money is energy and it comes very easily to me. And I spend it with even greater ease. You know, I had always thought when I was growing up that I would consider myself rich if I don't have to look at the price tag. And I don't, you know, so you should. I learned the hard way. So I had an accountant who was managing my money. Actually, he was swindling my money. And you know what? I had no clue at all whatsoever. It was forgery. It was deceit at a level you cannot imagine to the point that I had no money in the bank and I didn't know about it. You know, so it just happened like circumstances aligned and it came to my notice through the bank that I have issued some checks, which I hadn't. And, you know, that was the last check that would ever be cleared from my bank. And I was so arrogant. I used to say, you know what, if I don't work for another 10 years, I can still maintain the lifestyle that I have. Now, imagine from that to no money in the bank and clueless. So anyways, uh, The whole thing was reported. The guy was caught. But even while he was caught, there was no way to bring the money back. I mean, it's been six years. The case is still open. It's still in court. I haven't gotten any money back because uh, the money was spent, you know, in the dark web where, you know, he took the money, but you don't know where it went. It just opened up streams and streams and streams of further deceit where other people had been cheated. It went to, I think, about a $100 million scam eventually. But here's the thing. How did this happen? You know, how did I not know about it? It was going on for a year and a half. And I realized it was very painful, actually, because mm. for me, it was a breach of trust. I trusted the guy who was working with me for eight years. You know, he handled my money and say, I used to sign blank checks and keep because I travel a lot. I mean, it was not a digital savvy world then. Mm -hmm. And I think the worst mistake I ever made was to blindly trust somebody with your money. You know, because money also, it's like temptation. You have it all. You have access to it. And the boss or the person who creates it has no clue, is really daft. And you mm-hmm. people spend, you know, that kind of money on meaningless purses and stuff like that. And I think you're tempted to do something valuable with it or whatever the guy's mindset was. Right. Right. But it brought me back to zero. I mean, I have heard of people investing in stocks, investing in real estate and coming to zero. I had invested my money in a person with trust that you can handle it. It's your job. I pay you for it. And that broke and brought me in a similar situation with the people. I think I never confronted it. You know, it Mm. was just so big a setback. I was so involved with the cops, with the tax department, with the finance department, that I never really got to confront my emotions about it. You know, for three months I was involved. It took me, by the way, I am so daft. It took me two weeks to understand I had nothing. You know, I had nothing. All the papers that Can you I remember had, that day when you realized you had nothing? It was, uh, you know, I, I'm a motivational speaker. Yeah. And I tell people that, you know, when you hit rock bottom, the true test is how hard you will bounce back. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there drop. 
from you know a 10 year security to nothing and that's when you realize you shatter you don't bounce back mm, yep. it is a shattering experience so yeah it it took me a while to stand up and there was no bouncing there was yeah. no jumping my security net was gone so uh, i had to do some rethinking on what i say and what is real yeah it's interesting part of the thing i love about doing this podcast is that you realize that the people you want to work with mm-hmm. are the people who are who have made mistakes who are addressing those and are improving themselves from them there's a lot of people out there that aren't that aware and so i just love that aspect of it so let me ask you how would you describe the lessons that you learned from this well you know they say trust and faith is good yeah but you should be aware that doesn't mean put a blinder and do it blindly awareness and also putting a system around it there should be agreements and they should be timely checked you know you can't just walk around like the wedding vows you know i think they should be reminded every 6 months or there should be a review every 6 months are we on mm. track with what we promised so that been missing and also i don't know accounts i can say i didn't know accounts you know and i studied it that where did i go wrong i didn't know the processes i didn't know the filing i didn't know anything i didn't know how to go to the bank i didn't know where the bank is i don't know till date i am very wary of using an atm i mean you can't get worse than that you know every time i use the atm it eats up my card so something goes wrong i can't remember numbers and therefore it was easier for me to delegate it to somebody that you handle it but that was a mistake and you can't do that on something that is a life support for you like i said it's very tempting you know when people see a dollar on the floor or somewhere i don't know if they raise it and say who dropped it they just pocket it mm. you know say it's lucky it's a lucky penny or whatever it's not someone lost it so i learned to learn finances and accounts so that i know where my money is going and i know how to check if it has gone there beautiful maybe i'll share a couple of things that i take away from it you know i mean the first thing is that i always tell people in the world of you know having listened to so many stories one thing i know is in small business the first thing you need to do is make sure you get your pnl your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet every month aha uh-huh. every month now that's something new i learned every month now this some people say oh i just wait till the end of the year or every yeah, six exactly. months or something every month mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons reason number one is that chances are you probably don't have a system in place to even do that true so this forces you to get that system in the place number two why are you doing a business you're doing a business to build the resources to either continue to expand your business or to expand your life in some way so you need to understand your creation or destruction of resources otherwise you just end up 5 years from now just you know crashing so the second one is to understand the the output of the energy that you're putting into it and finally the third one is that you don't need to become a financial or accounting specialist but if you look at it every single month over and over and over and over again you start to understand it yeah and so that's you know my big takeaway is you know do that and then the other thing of course is cash 
reconcile when you get that balance sheet at the end of every month and it has a cash amount on it. Get your statement from the bank and check the cash and they mm -hmm. should be pretty close. Mm -hmm. And that's called reconciling the accounts, right? And that's it. If you do that, my best friend who runs our coffee business here in Thailand for one of the businesses I'm involved in, he was a major in Japanese. You know, he didn't know about accounting and finance, but we set up those systems. And over time, he became a financial manager. And I always tell people that finance adds no value. Mm -hmm. <laughs> finance is a mirror mm. to give you a picture of your management decisions and their impact. And that's, we need feedback on those management decisions and the financial statements provide that. So that's kind of the thing that you really remind me of. And I do some work with companies and other individuals. And I basically always say, you can solve most of, it's just like, if you wanted to say someone wanted to lose weight, if you measured your weight every single morning, it's probably a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways, anything you would add to that? Well, thank you for that. I mean, it's so simple. You know, I mean, I feel if it is simple, it's doable. It's the complexities that, you know, talk about deterrence, you know, of application or understanding. It's really, really a simple. Another thing I want to tell you is that I lost a lot of money in partnership, you know, where we formed a company, made the investment. But I don't understand how companies are formed and don't understand the laws. I don't understand the exit clause. I don't understand the paperwork. And because it didn't work out, I lost all the, you know, and even to contest it, I have to pay more money. So it's a loss, 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 just because I didn't understand. And they don't tell you everything up front. When you go to sign up, they make it sound so easy and that you're going to make it big in the world. But when it comes to compliances and penalties and paperwork not right, you lose everything. And I don't know who's winning out of all of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would add in, I wrote a book called How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market. And I wrote it for women. In fact, I wrote it for five women. Mm -hmm. And the five women are my five nieces. And when each of them turned 18 and graduated from high school, I flew back to America with $3,000. And I gave it to them, but I said, we're going to use this to set up an investment account. And I told them, in this investment account, what I want you to do is buy this particular fund. And it's a fund that owns every stock in the world. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pick, uh, is it, am I making a bet on India versus America. No, nope. it just owns all American, all Indian, all Chinese, all different companies. Am I making a bet on the tech sector is too expensive or not? No, nope. you don't need to make a bet on that because you're just owning all the companies in the world. And then I taught them just to, you know, contribute to that on a monthly basis and grow your wealth through there. So you'll hear at the end of the podcast, I talk about create, grow, protect our wealth. We create our wealth through business. We grow our wealth through investing. And particularly nowadays, there's such easy investments in funds that own every stock in the world that you can just focus on creating your wealth in your own business and then carefully investing it in something like that. So it just, you know, made me think about that when I was hearing what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Interesting. S simple is best. And when <laughs> I started in Thailand, I came to Thailand in 1992 and I started in the stock market in 1993. You couldn't even do that, right? You had to buy individual stocks. And, mm -hmm. But I would also say for most people out there, never, ever invest in 
someone else's business or that type of thing. The benefit of buying a stock that's in the stock market is that they have to go through a lot of regulations and disclosures. But most of the time when people invest in other people's businesses, they just lose all their money. Right. So, but that's another story, huh? For another time. (laughs) So, so based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Yeah, I feel that study and finances is something we're not taught to study. You know, I was never taught how to manage or, you know, grow money or even how to deal with money. And it may be a smart idea to put some professional interest there because ultimately that's what we're out to do. And that's something I did. And ever since I know, while I was very confident that, oh, you cannot take money away from me anymore, then I had to learn more stuff. You know, how do you form a company? It's like you can't just jump into the sea and say, oh, sorry, I don't know how to swim. You wouldn't do that. And you would learn that skill before you jump into the water. And I feel everybody should learn basic of finances. And if they really want to be rich and wealthy and protected, like you said, there has to be a degree of professional investment in learning there. And that's been my greatest lesson. And I hope I don't come back on the podcast again. And if I do, you know, <laughs> it's you won't. a bigger story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that you've learned your lesson and you're getting better every day. So let me ask you, what is a resource that you've either you've created or that you'd recommend, whether it's a book or, you know, your, your platforms or some other resource that you do or, or use that you'd like to recommend to the audience? So two One is I have a series on YouTube. It's free. It's called Creators of the Future. So I did it over one year, a video a week in sequence, you know, where you can create anything that you want. I did it with the audience. So it's really cool. I did that about five years ago, still works. That's a resource I would highly recommend to people who are looking for systematic growth and are looking for achievement in a manner that once they finish, they can duplicate it. You know, I think that's the true measure of success. Can you do it again? Can you do it faster? Can you do it better? Second is my book. It's called Turn the Tables from Challenges to Opportunities, where like what you're doing, I have put forward the worst or the biggest challenges that I've faced and how actually they've proved to be the biggest opportunities and how I capitalized on them and reached here. These are the two resources I would highly recommend. Fantastic. And I'll put that all in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, so you can click and go. Last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, for the next 12 months, my goal is to be centered, you know, centered, solid and to do whatever it takes for me to find myself, find that space. I'll tell you what I mean is like how you have a road with lots of cars, you know, going bumper to bumper, and somebody bangs into you. And that hit causes so many further hits. You know, so the 10th car actually did nothing. It's just bearing the impact of one person whose grounding was not stable enough. So while I get hit, I don't want that impact to go anywhere else. I should absorb it. I should deal with it. And I should become bigger with it. So the next 12 months really focused on soul searching on finding myself, finding a bigger space for myself as a person so that I can, you know, live my life in a new viewpoint, in a better viewpoint, in a more spiritual viewpoint. Mm. So that is my objective. 
that's great inspiration for all of us. I know we've all had this whole pandemic and government actions and all kinds of stuff hit us and we didn't do anything, right. but it just hit us. Yeah. And we've all been impacted in different ways. So let's hope that we can become more grounded like you and continue to build on that. So that's great. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Priya, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A Stotts Academy, I hereby award you <laughs> alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, be responsible. You know, whatever happens is my doing and my creation. While it's easy to blame, I just then keep the door open for more losses to come forward. So my door is shut because I took responsibility and the key is in my pocket. You cannot take it out. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Let's celebrate that today we added one more person to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.